Hey, this is Jason. Just want to thank you for joining this episode of The Business and Hustle of Real Estate for Agents by Agents. When you, your friends, and family are looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in real estate in the Los Angeles metro area, always feel free to reach out to me. If you need more info, just go to my website, jasonarealtor.com. That's jasonarealtor.com. And in this episode, I'm going to sit down with Cher Shuley. She's a military veteran, a wife, parent, a realtor in the Houston, Texas area, and just an awesome all-around person. One cool thing Cher doesn't mention to you about is she used to be an intelligence analyst in the U.S. Air Force. You can look up more about Cher on our website. It's ShareShuleyKWRealty.com. That's Cher, S-H-E-R, Shuley, S-C-H. U-E-L-E-K-W-Realty.com. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite beverage, grab some snacks, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Uh, just want to thank you for joining tonight on this episode of The Business and Hustle of Real Estate. Today we have a special guest. Uh, she's a friend of mine back from our Air Force days. And now she's a realtor in the Houston, Texas area. Her name is Cher Shuley, and she's a realtor with Keller Williams uh, Premier. Welcome, Cher. Just want to welcome you tonight. Thank you for coming out. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's so awesome to see your face after so many years. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, a long while. You look exactly the same. I said <laughs> already, but you look exactly the same. <laughs> well, thanks. And I'll give you your $20 later. <laughs> <laughs> so just to, to, just to start off, um, so just to give you the idea and uh, the premise behind the podcast, uh, you know, so it's the business and hustle of real estate. And so you and I had talked about this, you know, how the the reality TV shows, the Hollywood type, they like to portray the real estate business as this glamorous life. And, um, you know, it's it's so far from that, right? You and I know, you know, it's a, it's a daily hustle. So the, the whole gist of this podcast is to show and, and tell everyone, um, our clients and other agents who are looking to get into the business that it really is it's a it's a hustle it's a grind it's a daily grind um and it's true hard work it's a, you know, yeah it's, it's and and it's and it's a business people forget that you know we're running a business um but on to you so so let's let's talk about uh let's talk about share shuley so how long have you been a realtor? You know, where are you based? In what market and what types of properties do you specialize in? Um, so I am, I have been a full-time realtor for three years this month. Um, I served, I serve in the Houston metropolitan area, mainly dealing with uh, single family residents. Okay. And then as you know, and you're as you are considered one of the, the go-to experts in your local mar market. Uh, can you give the audience just an idea of of the Houston metro area? What's the total population? Uh, average price per square foot, average sales price, days on market. You know, just a, just a general idea of what that market looks like. Yeah, for sure. So there are about seven million people in um, the nine counties that comprise the Houston metropolitan area. In the area that I'm in, which is Fort Bend County, 
there's about 831,000 people that live here. Um, the average price per square foot in our area is around $100 a square foot. That depends on new construction and how old the home is and of course where the property is located. Um, but that, I would say the average is about $100 a square foot. Um, the average price, sales price for homes around here uh, in the Houston area is about $334,000. Sorry, my son's coming home. <laughs> Um, no worries. Practice. <laughs> yeah, and no. so my dog had to say hi. I know, of course. No, no worries. Yeah, and so, yeah. And so right now, the average days on market is uh, 51 days. And, you know, that's the cool thing about real estate. And the crazy thing about real estate is that life happens while you're doing real estate for you and your clients. So it's kind of cool because they appreciate that you having a life as well. And with the current situation, you know, the COVID uh, quarantine and, uh, and the economy, so are you seeing that it's a, a buyer's market or a seller's market in your area? So it's definitely a seller's market with just 51 days of homes being on the market, the average. Um, however, it's a great time for buyers to be out there because prices aren't outrageous yet, even though we have uh, really low inventory. Well, and I mean, and I'm just comparing like with the market out here in California, you know, obviously here in the LA area and well, in the south of LA. Right. And you're, and you're, I mean, your average price per square foot is a hundred. I wish. <laughs> what is you guys' price per square foot? Oh, well, just in our neighborhood yeah. is about uh, six to seven hundred. Wow. That's, yeah. Uh, per square foot. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so what's your you guys's like average price um price per like per houses uh right now uh in our area it's at least uh i want to say uh eight to nine hundred okay uh, yeah and then you know you get closer um into the higher well let me see manhattan beach just north of us and, and redondo beach just next to us uh, those are uh, about eleven to twelve hundred dollars a square foot, right? And so those, you know, those, <laughs> those right? Are, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even want to mention <laughs> what yeah. they're, they're selling for, um, but so on your in your area. So where do you foresee the market going in the next six months or twelve months? And obviously, you know, <laughs> we all don't have a crystal ball, yeah. but just your that's what I was just about to say. I really want. I really. It, I love that crystal ball. Um, prior to the pandemic, our area, I don't know what was happening in LA, um, but prior to the pandemic, it seemed like we were shifting. We were definitely in a seller's market already, but it seemed like things were shifting to a buyer's market. And so I could, I see that that could be where we're heading, headed like kind of where when the dust all settles from the pandemic and 2020 is over. Um, but for now, like the near future, I think that I see it um, getting shifting more towards the seller's market, definitely until the interest rates get lower or get go up when they start going up or whenever short sales and foreclosures start trending up. Hopefully that doesn't happen 
and hopefully the market continues the way that it is because like i said it's a it's a unicorn market i don't think that there's i have friends that have been in the business for 20 years and they've never seen anything like it where buyers are happy and sellers are happy yeah no definitely it's i mean surprisingly you know um but at the same time i'm always i'm just wary that the uh that the market's going to shift because i mean people are buying well, in our area, so it's it's it is a seller's market, yeah. and, and the inventory is tight. Um, however, you know, if you're you think about the economy and people have lost their jobs, exactly. You know, so then the question that I'm trying to figure out is what happens nine months from now or twelve months from now when people right. really don't have their income, right? Um, but uh, I mean, good for the industry, I, I guess, as a whole, that that the industry, that real estate is still booming. Yeah. Um, so, so let's talk about uh, your background prior going to into real estate. Um, what did you do before you got into real estate, and what got you into real estate? So, um, as you know, I was in the Air Force. I joined whenever I was 18 years old, and I spent eight glorious years in Las Vegas. Um, I worked on my accounting degree during my last four years uh, in the Air Force, and I graduated shortly after getting out. And then over the last 14 years before real estate, um, I served as a staff accountant or a business manager for different um, businesses in several different industries. I was in education, um, legal, and um, in the medical industry. So were you always an entrepreneur and wanting to be a business owner? Is this always something that you want to do just to start your own business? No, I I never saw like in my Air Force days, I absolutely did not see myself um, doing that. I was extremely risk averse, which is why I went into accounting to begin with. It was really safe. Um, But my mom always said that education was the solution, um, and I had great examples of that. You were one of them. I remember you going to school whenever you were um, in the Air Force, and um, I would say that I started to seriously consider being a business owner uh, when I was working on my MBA. And um, and so I... um, So the opportunity presented itself uh, in 2013, um, and I started a childcare center in my hometown of Broussard, Louisiana, um, with my business partner, Amanda Rito, and uh, we still own that today. And so um, I didn't realize at the time back then that real estate agents were their own business, like you had mentioned earlier. And... um, that that they could like kind of take you could take it and build something and expand and you know go across different markets and things like that um i probably would have became an agent much earlier in life if i would have realized that for sure yeah i feel the same exact way i wish i'd gotten into the business a lot earlier but yeah. the, the same thing is i never thought that it was a, a real business per se right you know? I and mean, probably the experience of having bad agents as well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want yeah. To. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember my, my agent like in Vegas like really explaining to me what he did and, and you know, I, I don't 
you know, I look back on it and I don't really remember like a buyer's consultation or any, anything like that. And um, it was just different. I think it was yeah. different back then. I'm not really sure. Or maybe yeah. I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I probably didn't pay attention. Right. So, okay. So what was the turning point, uh, your aha moment that made you join the real estate industry and getting your license? Um, so mine was, I don't feel like I had like a, an aha moment, I would say maybe, um, I feel like it was more of a journey. Um, I, st I purchased my first property in Vegas, um, as a single woman. And then, um, my husband and I, uh, when we started buying our homes, instead of selling them, <laughs> we kept them much to his chagrin. Uh, we kept them as investment properties and we still have them and um, they're still income producing. And then um, realizing that accounting wasn't ever going to fulfill me um, certainly helped. And then eventually one day I walked, they had a, an office that like opened up right down the road from me, right next to the Starbucks um, that I go to. And um, I just walked in off the street one day and um, asked some agents who were there, how does one become a real estate agent? And so I guess that was the aha moment. Okay, and then so now that you've been in it, so how long, how long, uh, how many years have you been in the, the business? Three years. Three, Three years. years. And so, that happened, that aha moment was four years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so do you consider the, the business, the business of real estate passion or a job for yourself? Uh, I think it's always been a passion of mine. I really enjoyed looking at houses, you know, way back then. And um, because real estate is a, is a relationship business, I believe that I was destined to do it. Um, as a kid, I collected people's phone numbers and birthdays in high school, <laughs> like for real. I even almost like brought my yearbook, my yearbook down here. I never did anything with them, um, but they, like I wrote their phone numbers in the yearbook right next to their pictures. It was weird. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you're probably already building up your Rolodex. I'm telling you, I'm yeah, telling exactly. you. 40 years later, 20 something years later, I guess. So, um, so again, so the premise of the, this podcast is to basically to teach people and to, to show uh, also actionable items for, for current agents, but also people who are aspiring to be, to get into the business. So if you can briefly just talk about a typical day for you, like walk us through what that looks like. Are you cold calling people? Are you knocking on doors in your neighborhood? What are you doing um, as, a, as your typical day? So my typical day is like broken down into chunks and um, and like a typical day in like the real estate industry, I would say is um, the morning, uh, like in the morning, I script practice and I lead generate um, and lead generate, lead generating for now is usually calls and um, I hope to be super duper organized one day and um where like Monday I call on open houses sure. and then Tuesday and Wednesday I do my database my DT DTD2 which is doing the database too. and then Thursday is like um 
is client calls and then Friday is is for door knocking. Um, I did kind of have a schedule like that like back in the day before COVID um, but it's not quite that um, that pretty well it's pretty this week because I, I, I did it right and then in the afternoons um, I follow up with whatever happens in the morning or the previous days or like we were talking about whatever happened last week that I didn't get to um, or what happened over the weekend because I feel like I, ha I have a lot of open houses and so um, if something transpires from that and then um, I take care of of admin work, um, go on client appointments and negotiate contracts uh, in the afternoon. And I always have my schedule in front of me uh, to keep me on task because I can definitely get off task quickly. Oh, I hear that. Um, so uh, when you were talking about uh, open houses, how often do you do open houses? Not just, I'm assuming not just for road, but other right no brokers, yeah we have like 400 um agents in our office just a little bit under 400 agents in our office wow. we have a pretty a big office it is and we have a lot of listings um and we have we definitely have a have a good market share here and um so i do open houses my first couple years it was pretty consistent i try to do one um each week um my husband's my sign guy um, and so that helps a lot because that's the one part of open houses that I don't like to do at all. <laughs> sure. So talking about uh, the lead generation, uh, I know this varies amongst all the different agents and, uh, and it's very hyper local focus. Mm -hmm. uh, what has been the best method for lead generation for you? And also uh, talk about the ones that haven't worked in the past. Okay, so the ones, so like my coach makes us focus on three. And so my, mine is my sphere. And like I said, I do, I, I use this DT, DTD2, which is stands for do the database too. And it's, um, you have pick two letters or you don't pick them. It's actually a process that's worked out for you. This week is A and W, next week is B and E, and then so on and so forth. And um, it gets me through calling my whole database in 13 weeks, which is once per quarter. And um, and then, uh, so I do that. And then uh, farming a small geographic area, which right now is, is just my neighborhood. I hope to expand it, but again, my coach has me focusing on 500 houses right now, and um, then eventually I'll expand out. It's working really well. I've had four listings in my neighborhood this year, and so um, that uh, that's like a dream for me. <laughs> and uh, and then open houses, like I said, uh, I did two. I did one one each weekend uh, every every week um for two years and then um i really love door knocking so much and so wow. open houses and yeah. and farming give yeah. me a reason to door knock and then for people who are not in the business when you say farming can you briefly explain <laughs> i mean i mean farming has you know different right uh, so farming too. can be yeah farming can be a few different things so it's for, for me, it's picking a, a, a geographic location, which 
for me, it's my neighborhood. It like basically goes from my house to the 500 houses closest to me. Those are the people that I kind of target to work with. Um, some people use like, like their, um, like a group on Facebook, like they'll create a group on Facebook um, that's targeted, that can be farming as well. But you basically just strategically market to those people over and over again and, and build relationships with them until they become part of your sphere, which is really where where the, the bread and butter of your, um, of your business happens. So you mentioned door knocking. That's actually something you like to do. Um, you know, yes. I mean, sur sur yeah, sur surprisingly, uh, you know, because because yeah. that's like probably one of the least like uh, lead generation methods amongst other agents, right? It's <laughs> this, I like um, face to face, and okay. so sure, um, people are really nice in my neighborhood. Um, we have different sections in my neighborhood, and so. Um, they're, they're nicer in some sections. It's super easy whenever you say, hey, I live right down the street. Maybe I have a kind face, I don't know. I've just never had a bad experience door knocking. I, I lie, I have had one bad experience door knocking. I went with someone else. Usually whenever I'm by myself, I'm good. But Carter, my son, who's on here, he, um, he whenever I haven't door knocked in a long time, he comes with me and he helps me break the ice and he knows my scripts so whenever i start messing up he just takes over for me <laughs> oh that's pretty smart and he's cuter yeah <laughs> i need to hire my kids too there you go <laughs> you know, tag them bring them Rivalry. along yeah he yeah doesn't, he doesn't last very long but sure but, it works yeah it works. okay so let's talk um what is your favorite go-to mobile app? You know, obviously that, that our business is starting to get a lot more technology focused or relying uh, or relying a lot more on, on tech mobile. For based. sure, for yeah. sure. So there's like a thousand different real estate apps and um, I counted 15 on my phone. Um, and so my favorite go-to app is the Keller Williams consumer app. And the reason I love it, obviously it's Keller Williams, but I love it because I can be anywhere in the country and find out what's going on. We have a really cool uh, Houston area MLS and Houston area app, but like I can't get information like whenever I'm visiting somebody in Virginia or whenever I'm visiting somebody in, you know, or whenever I'm, I'm vacationing somewhere. So I like the, I like that app for that reason. And then also I like it because, um, it provides my buyers and sellers with information that I personalize. And so it has my buyer's guide and my seller's guide on it so they can kind of see what the process is throughout the so it's like them walking around with my buyer's guide and my seller's guide with them all the time you know and they don't have to carry it because they're carrying their phone anyway right yeah sure i know I, I um i my favorite app happens to be it's you know it's that love-hate relationship with Zillow. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I hate them, but, but I, right. I I love them because their 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 app is so convenient. I just quickly glance over right. it and gives you every all. The, but at the same right. time, I hate them because they 
because <laughs> they're yeah it's showing all they, the right so. right well and because they're you know i mean you know it is what it is yeah. you know, i mean we have to we as agents have to create a value for the consumer right and um i think that i'm really excited that the com that my company is cre trying is creating something that the consumers can use but it doesn't it doesn't take me out of the transaction part of it yeah i totally agree there i mean i know that uh that well those companies like that who build these apps and they try to remove the, the in-person mm -hmm. factor you know that i mean this is a this is a face-to-face -face, you know full contact sport yeah, for sure <laughs> for, for real know? yeah exactly and 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 sure there's there's the clients that prefer to use or try to do it on their own and i mean i just tell them well good luck because you know if you if you think you know the market as well and you you trust yourself or have enough confidence in yourself right to know all of the not just the the market itself but just the legalities yes they go for it for sure but the, you know there's a reason why um, realtors are in the business um okay so so on in your three years of in in the business what has been your most memorable moment give me a funny moment that you'd like to share a funny moment um so my um most memorable moment was actually prior to um becoming an agent it was um but i was in real estate school and so um so i think it counts right oh yeah and, sure. um, and so my uh, dear friend Raquel Bell was um, showing us properties. Um, we were look, my husband and I were looking for for a new home. It didn't work out, but anyway. Um, and she's one of the people that I met whenever I walked off, in off the street into the real estate office and um, asking for career advice. And so um, we were looking at this beautiful house in Weston Lakes and this home was a little bit older and so it had this it had gorgeous wood paneling in the office and i was admiring the wood paneling scan scanning it and as i as i was scanning the room turning around dylan's in the room he remembers this story as i was i'm scanning it and i'm turning and i'm turning and i get about 180 degrees around and I'm looking at the things on the wall and against the wall and I see an aquarium and I'm like, huh, that aquarium doesn't have water in it. Why doesn't it have water in it? So I start to look down and then there's this ginormous snake in it. Ginormous. <laughs> and I start screaming and then Raquel starts screaming and we run out of the room screaming and my husband and Dylan go into the room and they're like, what? And we're screaming, snake! And they're like, it's in a tank. So, so yeah, that was definitely the most memorable moment. <laughs> today. That's funny. So, okay. So what do you like doing better as a realtor, as a buyer's agent or a seller's agent? Um, so, um, working with buyers is fun because looking at houses is super fun. Um, but, um, it can be, it can be time consuming. Oh my God, so, yes. so working with sellers is 
just more efficient. And so I can easily handle like 20 plus listings uh, with just a part-time transaction coordinator. And with the same transaction coordinator, I max out at about five uh, buyers. And so, um, so I like both. Um, I love both, but um, like I said, it's more efficient to work with, with sellers. With sellers, yeah, of course. You know, cause then, you know, other agents can help you sell the house. Yeah, that, well, yeah. And then there's always the fear, like if you're you're the buyer's agent, you know, you're working with them for a couple months, then it becomes three months, then it becomes four months, and you're like, my gosh, you know. <laughs> you know, it's a long, it. like I, I, what I've what I've learned about real estate for sure is that it's a long game. Oh, it's a yes, yes it's definitely. a long game. Yeah. And so I'm and and business in general, even the daycare, it's right. a long game. Yeah, I, I mean, in fact, I have clients, I've been working with them for probably the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, fortunately, they, you know, they uh, send me other referrals as well. Yeah. And then other clients I've uh, worked with like two, three years back. And then all of a sudden I'll get a phone call. Yeah. And it's a referral from, you know, one of their friends or whatever. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, and, um, so, so it works out, but you're, you're right. It is a long game. Yeah. I had a, I had one, one that was like, so easy. well, I've had a couple that were easy. I've had a couple of deals that were easy, but one was an open house. Yeah. Um, it was still a long game, but I literally sure. showed them houses one time. They made yeah. a decision. That was it. But it, from, it took from November meeting them in November until the following June, we finally closed on their property. Um, but I helped them find uh, an agent in Missouri, and um, so oh, that nice. that helped out as well. Yeah. Okay. So for those looking to become a realtor, uh, what advice would you give them, knowing what you know now, and then if you were able to go back to day one? Um, so there's three things. Um, the first thing is to know what your skill sets, what your skill sets are. Um, work with your strengths and on your weaknesses. Um, the second thing is to align yourself with the right people. Hire a coach. I have the best coach, Tammy Harris, and um, she has the best program, Premier Productivity Coaching, and. Uh, it's a support system that I, I couldn't place a value on. Um, and then join a brokerage that aligns you with the person that you want to be. Um, I felt like Keller Williams premier was home the day that I walked in and, um, asking those agents how to become a realtor. And they say at Keller Williams that, um, Keller Williams will not only change your um, career, it'll change your life. And I feel like I'm a testament to that. And so, um, and then the third thing I would tell my old self or somebody new coming into the business is that is to time block. Um, If you don't know how, um, start, just start tracking everything that you do in a day. And then when you start trying to time block um start with your family 
and yourself and put those things on the calendar first and make those unmovable, un unchangeable things. And then focus on the core activities of, um, of real estate, um, script practicing, lead generating, lead follow-up, going on appointments and negotiating contracts. And then everything else just takes a backseat to all of those things. So Cher, so, um, so we, we always like to talk about our successes, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, for obvious reasons, right? Uh, yeah. But what about your failures? Like what out of, I mean, I, I, to me, as I tell myself, like I fail every time <laughs> I don't get a new lead or I do, you know, yeah. or I can't convert, um, or, you know, uh, a, a client that I've been working on and they go to someone else. Um, what, what fails have you had in the last three years that, uh, that you want to, um, tell aspiring realtors or okay. current uh, agents? So the, the, the only, you know, I feel like failures are blessings, um, because you, you learn from them. It's a, it's something that you're supposed to have. It's supposed to happen to you and you're supposed to learn something from it. Um, the only time that I like truly feel like I've failed is whenever I had something blocked in my calendar for my kids and I took away from my family in order for to, 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 for business to take over. And what's funny is that those, those time those times that I did, like one time I remember very, very clearly my, my sons, my two boys had a, um, they had a marching band competition and I had put it on my calendar and then I stupidly, um, scheduled a listing appointment during the same time and then the person didn't even show up to their own they weren't there at their own house for the listing appointment oh, no. and I was like why you know it was like God punishing me <laughs> for taking away from my family and I knew the second that I did it that I should have just called that person back but I was a new agent I should have just called them and rescheduled the appointment because it wouldn't have been as upsetting to me um, if they wouldn't have shown up, you know, another time. But because I took away from my family, it was it wasn't um, I didn't like it as much. <laughs> okay, so so let's talk about your biggest success. Now, not necessarily like the you know the, the biggest transaction uh, that you yeah. had, but something that was just the most memorable. Where okay, this is it. This is why I want to keep doing this. And this is why I got into the business. It's, it goes back to my family. It goes back to, you know, it, I'm able to be here. I don't want to cry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah don't do that. Cause then you'll make the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody on here knows I cry. Um, it, it goes back to being there for my family. You know, I, I feel like um, I'm able to, I'm able to contribute um, fully. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm able to be a better person for my family than I was at any other job because I can self-correct. I don't have to, you know, 
like I'm a, I'm who I'm responsible to and they're who I'm responsible to they're who I'm accountable to yeah well I get it I mean it, it goes back to your why right your purpose like it, it, I mean that's the reason why you're doing this that's the reason why I'm doing this as well like I mean this whole shutdown it's like <laughs> it brought it to light for me it was like okay so I guess I don't I mean I, I mean my wife she's at home she's doing her corporate job nine to five and then I have right. the most flexibility so you know so I'm the one homeschooling the kids you know not not to their liking of course but <laughs> <laughs> the military comes out yeah. oh, right? yeah. oh yeah I'm like okay here's your to-do list this is what you're doing <laughs> right <laughs> Why you know. can't you follow the processes and procedures? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, come on, we gotta be done. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is my why. And just, just like you're saying, is that your family is your why and your purpose. Um, yeah. So, okay, so daily routine. So studies have shown that su- successful people tend to stick to a consistent daily habit or routine. What is yours? Um, so, um, mornings are taking, like I said, I kind of, um, break up everything and mornings are taking care of me and my family. Um, my husband and I go work out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday together. And, uh, when we get home, I make my little one, uh, breakfast in the morning. And then I go for a walk and get my 10,000 steps. And during that time, I listen to my favorite morning show and I script practice with my wonderful script partner, Tanya Grandmater. What and is uh, then, your favorite? Wait, let me go back. What's your favorite morning show? Oh, my favorite morning show is Kate Craddock in the morning. Okay. It's a, it's syndicated. It's uh, they're based out in Dallas. And I just love I love the morning show. And it um, it, it uh, I started listening to it whenever I was in Louisiana and then whenever I moved here. They had it, you know, they had like a, um, they had an app. And so I could still listen to it whenever I was here. So it got me like through the move. It was like some normalcy. Um, and then uh, they actually just started um, broadcasting on, on a radio station here in Houston. So now I don't have to just waste my battery on my phone. To <laughs> is, but like I, a, is the show like a, your motivation that you just it's just fun you know it's not like like it's not there's there's just some terrible morning shows out there that are really like they're mean like there's one here that like there's one here that like like it's like they have like this bit where they're like trying to catch people cheating on their spouses and i just terrible and so so I don't like that and then like this one they just talk about silly stuff they don't like they're they don't I don't know it's just silly they don't focus on what the negative that's going on in the world they're very philanthropic they have their own um they have a an organization that the host the host actually died um like a uh a while back probably like seven or eight years ago but they've kept the morning show going and there was like five four hosts but he kid craddock was the was the main guy and he started a charity um like 20 years ago that take um, kids to Walt Disney World and their um, terminally or chronically ill children 
and they, they they do that so it's just you know it's like people who do that have good hearts and they have good things to say and um it, it just makes me it makes me happy and makes me happy in the morning and then in the evening I wind down with my little one uh Carter we read Harry Potter every night and so so those are the things that I do every day and then Tuesday and Thursday I do pretty much the same thing it's just sure. a different in a different order that's all nice okay so share so if the audience or other agents they want to get in touch with you for advice um, or people you know <laughs> looking for a realtor in the Houston area okay. like, how can they get in touch with you? Um, the best way to reach me is phone I'm old school okay. and I do answer my phone I have um, children and I have aging parents who live with me and so I never know who's going to be on the other end of the line so I have to answer my phone so I always answer my phone unless I'm with a client um, or on an appointment um, and then in that case I do return calls and so my phone number is 337-212-6297 um, and if you forget or lose it, um, I'm super easy to Google. My name is Cher Shuley. Cher like the singer, but with an S because I'm special. And so that's S-H-E-R and S-C-H-U-E-L-E. And my little boy is dying to talk. So um, it makes... Uh, Googling me is really easy. It makes it uh, easy to find me on social media and, and my website. It's super easy to find. Okay, and your but your website is Share uh, Shuley KW. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, something like that. It, it kind of it pops up. I yeah. mean, it it pops up very very easily whenever you find it. Okay. Um, it's a generic website. I'd say call me. Gotcha. Call me. Call me. Okay, and then so last question for you, Cher, before we get to the audience uh, Q&A. Um, so in sales, and obviously we're in the sales business, uh, saying is coffee is for closers. What is your drug of choice, coffee or tea? Um, so uh, a grande sweetened green iced tea in uh, a venti cup with extra ice from Starbucks. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like a Starbucks cocktail. Yes. And <laughs> if I, if it's cold and I'm in a bad mood or I need to pick me up, it's, um, it's a grande um, hot chocolate with uh, the mocha drizzle on top of the whipped cream because I need all those calories. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and open the floor up for questions. Okay. Wanna ask a question, Carter? Oh yeah, I did. Um, and who is Carter? Carter's my youngest child. Okay. What's up, Hi. Carter? Okay, um, what's the question? What's the most stressful part about your job? And uh, if there isn't. Um, Oh, that's a very good question, sweetie. Um, the most stressful part of my job, I would say, is um, is giving people advice. <laughs> it's stressful. It's a it's a big responsibility. People want you to tell them what to do sometimes, 
and that's not I don't think that that's really our job I think our job is to provide them with information so that they can make the best decision for them and so um so yeah I would say that's probably the most stressful part of my job thank you baby no problem <laughs> and then it looks like Tanya had a question in okay. the chat. Um, she said, uh, "What else would you want like the public to know that they don't already know about realtors and what you do?" Um, so to speak to, um, there's a couple of things to speak to what you had said earlier about like how the how the um, reality TV portrays us. We don't dislike each other. I love my fellow agents. My fellow agents are the my best friends and we love and support each other and cheer each other on. Um, I, I love that um, aspect of it. And then um, the second thing I would want them to know is I would want them to know that whenever they are purchasing new construction they should be represented by a realtor um and that the agent that um they are uh the sales agent isn't is representing the builder and not the not the buyer and so um that's the second thing i would want them to know and then the other thing i would want them to know is that if I don't, if I'm your friend and I don't serve the area that you live in, I can still help you because I have friends in the other markets. That's part of my job. Like Jason here in LA, I would absolutely, you know, I know I've worked with him in the past um, for many years. And uh, so I know that he would take care of my clients and, um, the best part about that is um, is whenever I have referred family and friends to other people, I know that I know that they're they're in the best hands, and I know that they're um, being represented well. So I have are, a, oh, Aaron has a question. Well, you actually kind of already answered it, uh, so maybe this is a reiteration. Um, for new purchases, um, I, I'm in title, so I actually handle a lot of the resale, and it, it is quite a pleasure to take care of all the emotions that go into buying and selling. But I'd have to say that when it's a new home purchase, I, I wish um, how when this when a builder just represents you know themselves and the seller. What advice do you have to those buyers right now for when they go to sell in the future? What can you tell them today that like, that really can get them to understand that this, the builder represents the builder and the seller and, and not them for a reason? It, and then when they come to sell, you know, how important it is to have someone represent you when you're purchasing that. Because when you go to sell, it can be it's not as easy as it, um, as you would think. The, the, right. The right. Yeah. And so, um, so I've had a, a lot of people that have 
that are that are now thinking about selling because the market is so hot and sometimes they overpay um, for items that they may not have overpaid for if they would have had some representation and sometimes there are costs built in to to things and they don't they don't always have somebody looking at it i mean what are you gonna do whenever you get to the table to sign and like your you you know your family like this happened to me like my family was we had our car packed up when we were moving this last time and we were sitting at frontier title going okay um where you know like like let's get this show on the road um in my situation, the holdup was the was our bank, um, and so I I wish in my situation that my my realtor would have been clearer about um, about the bigger banks and sometimes how difficult it is to work with them, and so um, I just I think that no matter. <laughs> If a buyer is already in a transaction with a builder, even if they know that an agent is not going to get compensated like me or somebody else, they should still reach out to them so that they can have a second set of eyes um, or if they or even an attorney so that they know what their rights are um, before they before they get into something that they can't handle or they, they're going to regret later on. Absolutely. I, I, I just can't agree with you more. I love that you touched on the new home purchase because it. I just love when they go to sell it. You know, I wish they had the same representation as when they bought it because they're really, you know, there's a lot of emotion that goes into it. So they're very just shocked by the numbers that are involved. So yeah, important. And I'm just glad you, you know about it. You touched on it. It's great. Thanks, Aaron. That's why I said you answered my question before I really got to ask. <laughs> well, thank you, Erin. And then do we have any more? Do we have any other questions? No, I think that's it. So uh, is there anything that you would like to add, share? Uh, I appreciate you so much, Jason. <laughs> I miss you so much. It's so awesome to reconnect with you and to, um, you know, to have the worlds collide and uh it it feels like it's full circle and i feel like um that was you know that's that it's a blessing that um that you and i are in the, that we can commiserate together <laughs> yeah. no no for sure and now i know that you're out there so anyway yeah. and i had i mean i have now any clients or potential clients are asking and you know there's people relocating from california or wherever else to go to Texas, then I'll point them your way, <laughs> regardless if they're going to Dallas or somewhere right. else. Right. Right. Call, call share first. Yes. There. yes. Well, I am licensed in the whole state of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big state. <laughs> well, so thank you again, Cher, for joining me tonight. Uh, and thank you to your friends and family for also joining. Yes. Um, Thank you, guys. Yeah, I hope this was very educational for our listeners. And I uh, look forward to having you back on again soon. Yes.
All right. So, thank you. Anytime. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, guys. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Cher Shuley, your local realtor for the Houston, Texas area. Thank you again for joining us today. Make sure to add me on your playlist and stay tuned for the next episode. Hi, everyone. My name is Gavin. If you're looking for a real estate agent, um, you should check out my daddy, Jason Akawili. <laughs>